0: This is Law Bites, a podcast with Michael Geist. The EU's
1: General Data Protection Regulation, the biggest shake-up of data privacy laws in more than two decades, came into force in May. It allows users to have better control of their personal data and gives regulators the power to impose fines of up to 4% of global revenue for violations. Google says it's examining its options.
0: The state of Canadian privacy law has been an ongoing source of concern, with many experts concluding that the law is outdated and no longer fit for purpose. This is particularly true when contrasted with the rules in the European Union that feature tough penalties and new privacy rights. It would appear that the province of Quebec has concluded that the waiting has gone on long enough. The provincial government recently introduced Bill 64, which if adopted would overhaul provincial privacy laws and provide a potential model for both the federal government and the other provinces. Eloise Gratton is a partner at the law firm of Borden Ladner Gervais in Montreal and recognized as one of Canada's leading privacy law practitioners. She joined me on the podcast to break down Bill 64 and its implications for privacy enforcement, accountability, and new privacy rights. <laughs> Eloise, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. It's a pleasure. As you know, and as I suspect many listeners know, there's been a lot of debate and I think not a little bit of frustration with the state of Canadian privacy law, which I think many have come around to the view is outdated, particularly when we compare it to the situation elsewhere, most notably what we've seen come out of Europe. And so it seems like the Quebec government has seemingly had enough of waiting around and has introduced a new privacy bill. Before we get to some of the specifics in the bill, can you provide a bit of background for those that aren't familiar about? the current state of Quebec privacy law and what led us to this point?
1: Uh, Sure. So so Quebec has always been a privacy-friendly jurisdiction. So we uh, have had the Quebec Charter of Human Rights and Freedoms since 1975. Uh, This charter applies to the private sector and includes a privacy right. Uh, The Civil Code of Quebec came into effect in 1994, uh, which uh, law includes an invasion of privacy fault Uh, So Quebec was the first North American jurisdiction to enact a general data protection law for the private sector. So the act um, respecting the protection of personal information in the private sector, we'll we'll refer to the Private Sector Act, um, was adopted in 1994. And at that point, it was ahead of its time. So this act was viewed as an avant-garde and progressive statute. So while it was slightly updated over the years, um, we've, we've now come to a point where there is a consensus that this law is clearly outdated and clearly needs modernizations. Uh, it creates a lot of challenges for businesses and perhaps not enough protection against new types of technologies or and, and also new issues. For instance, uh, security breaches were not a big issue back in
0: 1994. As part of the the discussion around privacy laws, whether at the provincial or federal level, we often come around at first to at least several of the bedrock issues around things like accountability, consent, and enforcement. Why don't we hit on each of those issues before getting into some of the specific innovations that we find in the bill. Accountability, for example, often viewed as a bedrock principle within Canadian privacy law. You're accountable for the data that you collect. How does the Quebec uh, bill seek to address the accountability issue? And and is is that represent a change or they're looking to change from the current state of affairs?
1: So, uh, unlike PIPEDA, um, the Private Sector Act, as it currently reads, does not put a strong uh, and explicit emphasis on accountability. But, um, this is changing now with this new build. Uh, first, there is, uh, the the Bill 64 creates a new privacy accountability role within the organization. And by default, the CEO is the person in charge of protection of personal information and bear the responsibility of ensuring that the business implements and and complies with uh, the act. So the message here is that businesses need to take um, privacy seriously. Um, Under Bill 64, uh, businesses in in Quebec have to establish and implement governance policies and practices regarding the protection of personal information. So these policies must uh, provide a framework uh, for the keeping and destruction of information, uh, defining who is responsible for this information within the organization throughout um, the life cycle uh, of the information and provide a process for dealing with privacy-related complaints. So all these provisions are, are new. Um, there is also a requirement uh, that businesses conduct a privacy impact assessment uh, with respect to any information system, project or electronic system um, and I'm sorry, electronic service delivery project involving the processing of personal information. So this is also a new requirement. So a privacy impact assessment or a PIA um, is, a, is basically a process that enables an organization to review an initiative, program or project that um, involves the collection use or disclosure of personal information in order to identify uh, applicable legal frameworks, Um, assess potential privacy risk and determine how to mitigate those risks to an acceptable level through a combination of measures. So this is clearly a a new requirement. And another one um, that I would like to to quickly mention is a a requirement relating to privacy by design. So Bill 64 would also require businesses collecting personal information through technological um, goods or services to follow a privacy by design approach. So this means that they would have to ensure that the parameters of their technological products or or, or services provide the highest level of confidentiality by default, without any intervention by uh, the individual.
0: Okay, so some pretty significant changes and upgrading, in a sense, I think, on the accountability side. What about with... Yeah. What about with respect to enforcement, which I think for a lot of people, at the end of the day, becomes such a crucial aspect of privacy laws. If, if, you, if you don't have an effective enforcement system, then people doubt the effectiveness of the law overall. Do we see some changes there?
1: Yes. Uh, there are uh, three types of relevant enforcement tools under this new bill. Uh, so so first, this new bill would make the, uh, the CAI, which is the Quebec Privacy Regulator, The first Canadian privacy regulator with powers to directly impose administrative monetary uh, penalties to uh, businesses for privacy violations. Um, So, these uh, penalties apply to a broad range of uh, contraventions, including uh, failure to comply with transparency requirements, illegal collection, communication, use, or destruction of personal information, as well as a failure to report a breach. So the the, the Cai would be empowered to impose penalties of a maximum of $10 million, or if greater, the amount corresponding to 2% of a business worldwide turnover for the preceding fiscal year. Um, This being said, the good news is that the penalties are subject to a notification to the business that they are doing something wrong, and um, an internal review process, uh, and and obviously a right to contest the review decision before uh, the Quebec courts. So it's not automatic, uh, you know, fines that would be uh, issued. Uh, The bill also reinforces the current penal regime. So um, the Private Sector Act currently includes the uh, penal regime allowing the province's attorney general to seek fines before uh, the courts for violation of the statute. Um, These provisions, to my knowledge, have never been used. So under this new bill, uh, the CAI would be empowered to institute Penal proceedings with the maximum fine now being either $25 million or, if greater, uh, 4, 4% of the business worldwide turnover for the pre- preceding fiscal year, um, if greater. So you, you, you see that uh, the fines are uh, more aligned with what we see in Europe. This uh, penal regime applies to uh, specific activities such as uh, identifying or attempting to identify an actual person using de-identified information without the authorization of the person holding the information or using anonymized information. So it's interesting. Uh, They want to make sure that um, uh, businesses won't attempt to re-identify previously uh, de-identified information.
0: Yeah, that is really that is really interesting. I mean, it that, that speaks to, first of all, very significant penalties, which, and of course, it's what, what got a lot of people's attention with respect to the European rules were the big penalties. And to focus in quite specifically on this fear that a lot of people have had about you know, data may be anonymized, it's not personally identifiable, and the fear that In many instances, organizations could, in theory, seek to identify who is behind that data. And there's obviously some really significant penalties for those that that seek to do that.
1: That's right. There's also a private right of action uh, allowing individuals to be compensated for uh, the unlawful infringement of a right uh, conferred by by the the law uh, or the civil code, uh, which includes uh, privacy rights. Uh, So this provision may translate in Quebec becoming an even friendlier jurisdiction for privacy class actions. It was uh, already quite uh, uh, friendly. Um, So the the statute also provides for the award of punitive damages of at least $1,000 where the infringement is intentional um, or results from a gross fault. So so it's interesting. There's a a new private right of action also um, provided in this new bill.
0: So really a lot there. I mean, in addition, we talked from earlier about the accountability side with privacy impact assessments and the like, but what, what seems likely to get a lot of people's attention is the prospect both of stronger enforcement from the regulator and at the same time, of course, the prospect of litigation in the courts as people take advantage of that private right of action. That, that Those are are two of the key foundations within any law, both on the accountability side and the enforcement side. Consent, Uh, For many, of course, would be the third. How does the bill seek to address consent, which has been uh, a subject of discussion over the last couple of years at the federal level as to whether or not consent has been sufficiently effective and whether or not changes should be made? How does Quebec propose to go ahead and address the issue?
1: Um, There are some new transparency requirements. Um, So uh, Bill 64 introduces a new uh, section under which certain specific information must be made available Uh, upon the collection of personal information. So the purpose of collection, the means of collection, the rights of access and rectification, the person's right to withdraw consent uh, to the communication or use of of the information uh, collected. Uh, And on request, uh, the person uh, concerned, so the individual may also uh, request additional information. You know, who within your organization have access to my information? How long do you keep my information? Um, and, And so on. Um, On the issue of consent, I would say that the Private Sector Act does not currently expressly refer to the concept of express and implied consent, Um, uh, while while PIPEDA and the uh, Alberta and BC Pipas authorize uh, implied consent under uh, some situation. Um, Under Quebec law, as it currently reads, consent must be manifest, free and enlightened, and must be given for specific purposes. Um, So, under uh, Bill 64, uh, such consent must be given expressly when it concerns sensitive information, um, which implies that another form of consent may be acceptable in some situations involving non-sensitive information. Um, uh, Interestingly, the bill defines sensitive information. So, um, uh, that's that's interesting. Uh, It it provides for a flexible uh, definition. Uh, it defines sensitive information as information uh, which due to its nature or the context of its use or communication entails a high level of reasonable expectation of privacy. Um, There's also uh, some flexibility introduced for secondary uses of personal information. So personal uh, information may be used for another purpose without the consent of the person concerned if it's used for purposes that are consistent with the purpose for which it was initially collected. So you must have a direct and relevant connection with such purposes, which must be other than commercial or philanthropic prospection. Um, Or um, you don't need consent also if you're gonna be using the information for um, a use which is clearly in the benefit of the individual. And we have new exception. We have a business transaction exception. I really think it was necessary when a business is being purchased or sold or when assets are being acquired or assigned, maybe in practice, um, impossible to obtain consent um, from customers for the disclosure, the disclosure of their personal information. So um, this uh, this uh, business transaction exception was necessary, and it's also aligned with the business transaction exceptions from other Canadian jurisdiction. There's also an exclusion for business contact information, um, and unfortunately, there is no employee consent exception. So I think that's um, that's something, hopefully, that will be uh, revisited um, by the legislator uh, in the next stages.
0: Why don't we get into several of the more innovative things in terms of changes that we're seeing taking place? And you, you mentioned off the top security breach notifications. Uh, is that something that hasn't been in the Quebec law up until now? And is that about to change?
1: Yes, uh, Quebec and BC are are the only jurisdictions in North America that don't make um, breach reporting mandatory, so uh, this uh, would change for Quebec with Bill 64, uh, as uh, this, this new bill introduces breach notification requirements similar to PIPEDA and the Alberta PIPA. So the requirement to notify the, the CAI, the, the Quebec Privacy Regulator, in the affected individuals is is triggered when a confidentiality incident presents a risk of serious injury to the individuals. So the risk of serious injury threshold is assessed using factors that are similar to the real risk of significant harm under PIPEDA. So the sensitivity of the information concerned, the anticipated consequences of its use and the likelihood that such information will be used for um, injurious purposes. So um, businesses would also have to keep a registry of breaches that they would uh, be required to provide to the CHI upon request.
0: Uh, so we'll see a greater consistency then, uh, should this become the law. Now, in Europe, a lot of the attention, and I think when people taking a look at the European law, a lot of the attention has been on some of the new individual rights. Uh, I'm thinking, for example, the right to be forgotten, which, as you know, has been st- Controversial, even in Canada, where the federal privacy commissioner is trying to argue that the existing law includes uh, a form of a right to be forgotten. There's also been changes in Europe with respect to rights associated with data portability, which has come up quite a bit in Canada in the context of open banking. Uh, what's Quebec thinking about when it comes to those kinds of issues?
1: Well, Bill 64 grants individuals uh, three new rights with respect to their personal information, um, inspired by the GDPR. So. Uh, data portability, the right to be forgotten and the right to object to the automated processing of their personal information. So um, Bill 64 provides that individuals can request uh, businesses to provide them with computerized personal information in a structured uh, commonly uh, used technological uh, format and ask uh, such format to be communicated to any person authorized by law. Uh, So um, this new right um, uh, is, 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 to some extent, really close to what you see in Europe um, as a, a right to data portability. Uh, there is also a right to be forgotten. So the new provision first allows individuals to request organizations to cease disseminating their personal information and to de-index any hyperlink attached to their name that provides access to the information if the dissemination contributes the law. So we're talking here about uh, defamatory content or clear cases of cyberbullying, um, uh, also if, if there's a, a court order. Uh, so um, second, individuals are uh, granted a right to request that their personal information ceases to be disseminated or uh, be deindexed or reindexed when the dissemination of the information causes serious injury to an individual's reputation or privacy that clearly outweighs the public's right to be informed and wants freedom of expression uh, to the extent that uh, the, the sub remedy does not exceed what is necessary for preventing the, the, the injury. So uh, the new bill provides several criteria to um, make this assessment, which to some extent mirror those commonly taken into account by Canadian courts in uh, privacy and defamation actions. So um, it's definitely a, a game changer on, on that front. And there is also a right to object to automated uh, processing. Um, when an organization uses automated processing of personal information to make a decision about an individual, uh, you know, to offer a product or service based on an assessment of one's financial or, or medical situation, for example, um, this provision uh, would grant concerned individuals the right to be informed about the processing, including to be provided with information regarding the elements of personal information used, the reasons and uh, principal factors and parameters leading to the decision, and the right to have their information corrected. Um, uh, they uh, These individuals um, must also be given the opportunity to submit observation. So they don't have the right to object, but they're allowed to uh, submit ob- observation. Um, to the uh, organization who is in a position to review the decision made by automated
0: means. It's interesting to see the for the first time these these rules quite clearly coming into the Canadian environment. If this passes, um, one of the other issues that that's been a big part of the discussion, uh, both federally and then even within trade agreements has to do with data transfers and outsourcing of information. We see it raised as a a pretty sensitive issue. We've seen the Federal Privacy Commissioner get engaged there as well. Uh, How does the bill propose to address those issues?
1: On the issue of uh, outsourcing, uh, the bill formally recognizes that communicating personal information to a service provider uh, does not require the consent of the individual. Uh, so this is a welcomed clarification. Uh, further, the provision requires that outsourcing arrangements be subject to a written agreement and turned into by the organization and the service provider, which must include uh, the usual provisions about, uh, you know, data security, um, notification if there's an incident, and so on. Um, on the issue of cross-border, uh, one of the provisions of Bill 64 uh, would create a uh, um, a lot of challenges for, for organization for businesses um, on, on this issue. Bill 64 uh, significantly increases the requirements set forth in the current Section 17 of the Private Sector Act. So under the proposed text, um, an organization must, prior to communicating uh, personal information outside of Quebec, including for outsourcing purposes, um, must perform a PIA, privacy impact assessment to assess whether the information will receive a level of protection equivalent to the one granted under the Quebec Act. Um, To that end, organizations are required to take into account not only the sensitivity of the information, the purpose for which it will be used, and the protection measures that would apply, but also the legal framework applicable in the state in which the information would be communicated, including the legal framework's degree of equivalency with the uh, personal information protection principle applicable in Quebec, so this is a big deal. If following this PIA, the organization concludes that the foreign legislation is not equivalent, it must not communicate the personal information. This, um, I think, it is a game changer, and I suspect it will be it will be uh, debated and discussed uh, this fall. Um, It's important to highlight that under the GDPR, there's a a similar exercise, uh, but this exercise is performed by the European Commission after a very detailed and lengthy process um, involving the European Data Protection Board and uh, representative of the member member states. Um, So it could be be a a challenge also given that um, if the foreign jurisdiction doesn't pass that adequacy test, there's no option so under the gdpr you have other options you can use model clauses corporate binding rules uh, but in in our case um, you would not really have an option so um, it, it, the bill uh, bill 64 in that sense fails to provide uh, businesses with alternative mechanism to transfer information to the rest of the country or abroad um, so if adopted as currently drafted my concern is that this provision will have the effect of rendering transfers to service providers located outside of Quebec illegal, uh, which appears not only impractical, but also uh, raises important challenges related to uh, data residency.
0: It does, and and so you mentioned the some of the kinds of concerns that are likely to arise out of this out of this bill. Um, why don't we wrap up by just giving a sense of what comes next? You know obviously, it's just a bill. it's just been introduced. What's the typical legislative timeline that th- takes place for provincial legislation, and what kind of opportunities will people have to comment and help shape potential changes?
1: Um, so th- the bill was introduced uh, last week, on uh, Friday, June 12th, which is only the first step in, 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 a, in Quebec's legislative process. Uh, the Quebec National Assembly adjourned its activities until September 15, uh, 2020. So before adjourning, the government uh, House leader indicated that the bill would be referred to a committee for consultation, uh, which should give, uh, I would think, stakeholders the o- occasion to make representations. Um, If passed, uh, Bill 64's transitional and final provisions currently state that the amendments made to Quebec's private sector um, laws would only come into effect one year following the date of the bill's assent, except for the provision on data portability rights, which would come um, into effect three years after the date of assent. So a base case scenario Um, you know, most of Bill 64's provisions are uh, unlikely to take effect until early 2022, let's say.
0: Okay, so a pretty long time frame, but uh, given how long it's taken to see any jurisdiction in Canada move forward with significant privacy reforms, uh, perhaps not that long when you think about it in that kind of broader context. And, And based on what you've indicated, this represents truly a massive overhaul of of where Canadian privacy law has been. And one wonders whether or not it will ultimately serve as the model for what we see take place at the federal level.
1: No, absolutely. It will be, it will be very, uh, the next few months will be interesting, especially this fall when um, representations are made and some of these provisions are, are negotiated.
0: And Louise, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast.
1: It's been a, a real pleasure
0: That's the Law Bites podcast for this week. If you have comments, suggestions, or other feedback, write to LawBites at P.O. Follow the podcast on Twitter at LawBitesPod or Michael Geist at M. Geist. You can download the latest episodes from my website at michaelgeist.ca or subscribe via RSS at Apple Podcast, Google, or Spotify. The Law Bites podcast is produced by Gerardo LeBron Leboy.